afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Um, today we're going to be talking about the distinctions between morality and spirituality. You know, there is so much emphasis today on morality, which is often used to define the worth of any, of any given individual. We often misuse it in that way to judge ourselves worthy or unworthy. Morality is all about right and wrong, and we feel that we need these measurements to make the crucial decisions of our lives. But is morality the same as spirituality? Many would say that it is, but I disagree. Spirituality is very different from morality. Morality, in fact, is all about doing, and spirituality is all about being. But there's so much more, so much more to understand about these distinctions. So stay right here. We're going to be talking about what morality is and what uh, spirituality is. And we're also going to be talking about the distinctions between the two. So let's first talk about morality. Morality is up today. It is uh, one of those things that is uh, being talked about quite a bit politically and socially on social memes and on, and on in the social milieu of our society. It is being talked about and people are being judged by it. As a matter of fact, some of the what is so-called the so-called cancel culture is based in the whole concept of morality. So morality is you means you're a good person, and if you're not a moral person, then you're a bad person. And we use very very derogatory terms to talk about you know a person that we think is is not moral, and those terms come down to worthlessness. Uh, you know we call we we call people low lives. And we call them losers. And uh, these are ways of saying that people are, don't have good morals and they're, they're, they are, don't really fit in with the rest of society. And, and so we have even gotten m- morality mixed up with diagnosis in the past and still do sometimes, I think, uh, as, as we know that uh, homosexuality was once upon a time considered to be a diagnosis. And uh, people that were homosexual were considered to be sick. But now that's been taken out of the DSM. And we, no, we now are not allowed to call homosexuals sick. And, um, and we understand that is a, just a, a, a different sexual orientation than heterosexuality. So, uh, but, but because it was considered immoral, it was also considered to be illegal and because it was considered to be illegal and immoral, it was also considered to be diagnostic. And uh, that was uh, uh, the, con- the conflation of all of those three uh, areas of concern were uh, created a difficult problem, not only for homosexuals, but for society in general, where it was e- even just being homosexual, whether you were acting out on it or not, was considered to be a crime. And you can go to jail for it. And then once you were in jail, you could be diagnosed as mentally ill. And uh, so there was a lot of cruelty that was based in that moral concept of homosexuality. Uh, 
And we've now come to understand, at least most of us have come to understand, that homosexuality is not immoral, and it has nothing to do with morals. In fact, it's just another way of being. So, uh, so morality is is one is a problem in that it is often misused to judge other people and to judge ourselves. And um, one of the things that Jesus said was that we should not be judging others or ourselves, and that uh, you know that's that's. As we judged others, we would uh, also be judging ourselves. So uh, what that judgment does is, is create a divide between us and other people where I'm better than you are, you're lesser than I am, or vice versa. You're better than I am, and I'm lesser than you are. Yeah, either way, it has to do with judgment, and um, unfortunately... That's how it's often being used today, where still we hear things uh, being said by uh, so-called spiritual leaders who are telling us that the reason there's an earthquake or the reason there's a, a fire, the fires in California, or the reason for uh, you know other difficult problems or even for the COVID crisis is because of sinfulness, and particularly in the area of homosexuality, uh, the LGBTQ uh, uh, population is being blamed for all the travesties in the world and they're just a sca- the scapegoat that's being used to blame the reason these things are happening is because God is punishing us in some kind of way for our sinfulness and of course that means there's a moral undertone and overtone to the whole concept of illness or sickness and or uh, earthquakes, or economics, or other travesties. Fires, tornadoes, uh, or hurricanes, those kinds of things happen because of that. Instead of looking at the science that says we're having climate change, and that's why climate change created by humans, and that's why we're having all these difficult um, weather events, we're we're blaming it on God and saying that God is punishing man for his in, uh, for his immorality. So you see, morality is a term that can be totally misused and 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 used as a weapon against other people and even against ourselves. So that's one thing I want to clarify about morality. Another thing is that morality is often we often use morality to uh, to to tell ourselves to repress. So if I am having a hateful thought or a hateful feeling about someone, I might tell myself to push that away and try to be loving and kind to that person. And so what I'm doing is pushing away feelings. I'm, I'm repressing them or repressing thoughts or feelings, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that in the name of God, so to speak, uh, and, and in the name of morality so that I can be a good person so that I can see myself as a good person and so that other people will see me as a good person. And what happens when we repress material? It goes down into the psyche and sits there and waits for an opportunity to come out later. And when it comes out later, it's often either passive-aggressive or just outright aggressive. And it's not pretty. So repression is one of the tools we use to deal with this concept of morality. And, of course, that makes morality, again, a problem. And because we're using repression to, to, to make ourselves into moral people. Um, and, you know, that, that's not a spiritual experience. And we'll talk some more about that as we go 
spirituality is based in wholeness and not in repression. Repression compartmentalizes material. Wholeness does not compartmentalize. So spirituality is all about wholeness and integrity. And uh, morality is often used to compartmentalize old stuff that we think is bad. It's it's not good, so we, we put it away. We put it away in some tight little compartment in our psyches, and it's not ever supposed to come out of there again, but of course it does. And by passive-aggressive, I want to be clear what I mean by that. There's a lot of people that are calling people passive-aggressive and, and maybe misusing the term. So I want to be clear. Passive-aggressiveness is can be seen in two ways. One, I put up and put up and put up and put up and put up until I can't put up anymore. And then one day somebody drops the proverbial straw and I just blow. So I've repressed and repressed and repressed and repressed and repressed. And then one day I can't take it anymore. There's enough material in there that it just won't stay in there anymore. And somebody does something irritating and I just throw a temper tantrum. That's one way. So I'm passive for a while and then I'm very aggressive. Another way is through more subtle means like sarcasm and game playing where you're you're late every day to work because you hate your job instead of just going to look for a new job uh that's kind of passive aggressive or you uh you say something sarcastically hateful to someone and then when they say you know what did you mean by that that you say oh i was just joking don't be so sensitive but you really meant it. You meant it as a barb. You meant it as a as as that anger that was coming out that had been repressed for a while and into passivity, and now it's coming out as aggression. But you're not going to admit it. So that's passive aggressive as well. So uh, that's what I mean by passive aggressiveness. Um, so repression is not a healthy way of living. And uh, if it's not healthy, is it moral? That's the question I would ask. If it's not healthy, is it moral? Some people would say, well, forget about your health and just do the right thing. But here's the other problem with morality. We don't really always know what the right thing is. We don't really always know what the wrong thing is. When, when Jesus was around, uh, we'll just talk about just from the Christian perspective, which is the largest religion in America. Uh, when Jesus was around... Uh, what he did was broke the rules of his day, the laws of his day, commonly to do something loving and healing for other people and or or to break the Sabbath laws so that his disciples could eat or, you know, something like that. He was considered to be a rebel. He was considered to be a, a lawless man because he was doing those things, or at least by the Pharisees he was considered that way. Because he did not obey the law, he obeyed love. And uh, that's a much more spiritual way of living. But morality insists that we obey the law and not necessarily love. So when it comes to things like the idea of homosexuality, where we know that what is, there's a lot of people out there now that are calling uh, homosexuality, gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgendered uh, people were calling that whole idea uh, um, not only wrong, but we're, we're saying it has something to do with a person's worth. And, and we're also, then on the other side, we're calling it sexual orientation. But there's other people that have decided to change that from sexual orientation 
to affectional orientation. So really, it's about people who fall in love with and get into long-term committed relationships with people of the same sex uh, so that a bisexual might be able to do that with either sex, either gender, but a homosexual or a lesbian would be able to do that only with, with the same sex or the same gender. So it's not sexual orientation so much as it is affectional orientation, and some people have decided to call it that. The term hasn't really taken over yet, but some people have changed that terminology. And I like that because it's more honest. Um, but the, what, what we do when we blame homosexuals, homosexuals for their lawlessness is we forget about love. We forget that love is involved. We forget that we can be loving to these people. We forget that these people just love each other. We forget all kinds of loving things in the name of the law. And the law is even questionable. Uh, we're not even real sure that the law really is valid, uh, not only anymore, but when we think about things like the terms that Paul used in the book of Romans when he, taught, when he supposedly talked about homosexuality, the word that he used is a coined word that only he knew. Nobody else knew that word. Nobody else knew what it meant. And so it's really hard to interpret what he means or translate what he means by that. Furthermore, the term homosexual was not even in the Bible at all until the, the mid-century mid of last century. So, uh, you know, it, 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 we're not even sure that there is a law, and yet we're trying to insist that that law be obeyed instead of thinking in terms of love like Jesus did. Um, so that's, that's one of the distinctions right there that we can talk more about as we go. But uh, the other thing about morality is that it's often wrapped around our survival needs so that we, we go by a code, you know, that says we're supposed to do the law right, right but we can kind of twist it and turn it if we have survival needs. So a real good example of that is thou shalt not kill. Except when it's absolutely necessary, when there's a war, when you're defending yourself, when, uh, when somebody has really harmed you in some kind of way and you have to take care of yourself. These are ways that, uh, that, the, that the, it's okay to kill. We make it okay to kill. But if we're going to go by the law and strictly by the law and rigidly by the law, then we would say it's never okay to kill. And yet there were times in the Bible when God commanded people to kill. At least that's how it's interpreted and translated. Um, so what's really true about that? What's really true about whether or not we should kill? What we've done is we've wrapped our survival needs around this concept that we shouldn't kill. And we've, we've made it okay because we have to survive, right? So we have to figure out ways that we can survive in the midst of a murderous society so we wrap our survival needs around our our laws and our codes and we tell ourselves that uh, it's okay to do it this time this way or this time because we have to survive uh, the other thing and the most dangerous thing about morality is that it it measures our worth as i said in the beginning we oftentimes will measure our worth based on whether or not we're, we're following a law or a code. And that I'm, I say law or code, I mean that literally. There is a code of the street, for example, 
where we would say the the what is said on the street is the snitch is the bitch. So you're not you're not going to be able to snitch on somebody else, or you'll be violating the code. So the people that live on the street don't violate that code in fear of their lives. So they they follow that code as if it's a moral, and they measure their worth by it. I'm not a snitch. I'm not one of those bad snitches. I'm a good person. I don't I obey the code of the street. And so we do that same thing with morality. We say, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I do the right things all the time. And we follow. We are doing that to, as a way of following the code, the law. Um, Jesus had a different version, as we've said before. Jesus had a different version of that. What he decided was he was going to live by the law of love, which he said was the only law. And uh, that is a more spiritual approach. And we're going to talk some more about that after a little while. Uh, But uh, Jesus didn't follow the codes or the laws of his day so much as he just honored love, as I said earlier. And uh, so it's important for us to keep that in mind as sort of an example, or at least just one example of the many ways that we can respond to life without necessarily being all about laws. The other thing, and this is interesting, is that research is beginning to show us that our action about morals can be influenced by all kinds of things that have nothing to do with morals, like smells or lighting or antiseptic wipes, or whether or not our eyes are closed or open. So the research is beginning to tell us that whether or not we respond to a certain moral code or law might have to do with how we feel in that moment, based on whether or not we're being influenced by certain smells or by certain lighting or by whether or not our eyes are closed or by you know other external things so morality is not necessarily morality when it comes down to that it's just a way of living that is influenceable by external circumstances so morality can be called into question in all kinds of ways as we've said and like i said the most dangerous of those is that we our worth is called into question and we're going to talk some more about that measuring uh, as we go today uh, and, uh, and and try to talk about how that affects us. So we'll be right back after the break. Stay tuned for more right after this. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. 
on Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about morality versus spirituality and what morality is and what spirituality is and how they're very different from each other. Um, I was reading some articles earlier today that tell me that morality is the same as spirituality, that you can't be a, a spiritual person if you're not a moral person. And my thinking is that Jesus would disagree with that, that he would not say that you have to be necessarily moral uh, but uh, he, you might get the same results. It might look the same. In other words, if you have a highly moral person and a highly uh, evolved spiritual person, you might they might their actions might look very much the same, but they're coming from two different places. So that the highly moral person is just obeying the laws. He's doing what he should do and ought to do, and he's doing his duty and his performing accordingly but the highly evolved spiritual person would be doing it out of love out of compassion out of a sense of self that is wholeness out of a sense of beingness that says it this is what is up next to do i'm doing it because it is in me to do it um so but I just want to kind of lay that framework down for a minute and then i want to review what we've already said about morality uh what we said is morality is problematic in and of itself in that uh, many people who are trying to be very, very moral people are, are using repression to accomplish it. So I'm trying to push away or compartmentalize certain feelings and thoughts and even behaviors in order to make sure that I'm a good person, make sure that I'm a moral person. And what that means is those behaviors, those thoughts, those feelings are going to come out again later because you can't forever repress something. It won't stay there forever. It comes out later in either aggressive or passive-aggressive ways. And we, uh, so then, then we feel really bad and we feel really guilty and we feel really bad. And if we've noticed it, if passive-aggressive behavior sometimes can't even be noticed but uh, by the person doing it. But uh, we can certainly... Uh, feel bad about it if we've been aggressive and and then we feel like we're bad people and we have to get forgiveness and we have to measure our worth again by that and then we have to start over trying to be good people again and that just keeps us on a teeter-totter so that's a problem 
It's, we also said it's a problem because morality wraps itself around survival needs. And so we, we kind of tilt the law a little bit so that it conforms to our needs to survive. And we use the loud thou shalt not kill uh, law to, to talk about that. And we said that without, you know, thou shalt not kill is a standard that it's, if, it's a, if it really is a law, it should be applied across the board. And yet we don't apply it across the board because we need to survive. We say it's okay to kill them if it's in a war or it's okay to kill if you're defending yourself or some other reasons that it's okay to kill that some people put in there. And, uh, and so we, we, we sort of bend the law a little bit to conform to our survival needs. And then you have to say, well, is it moral or not? Uh, the other thing that's dangerous about uh, morality, as we said, is that we use it to measure our worth. And what that means is that sometimes people literally kill themselves because they see themselves as immoral people. And that is uh, not acceptable to me. Uh, we don't need to be measuring ourselves at all. In fact, from a spiritual perspective, we are worthy because we exist, period, end of subject. And our, our worth should not be measured. Uh, we are worthy people. <clears throat> One of the things that I'm impressed by in uh, the, the so-called book of Revelations in the Christian Bible is that when people, when, when these, there's declarations made about certain entities that arrive into the story, they're, they're called worthy. Their, their, their robes are worthy. The horses are worthy. They're, you know, they're called worthy. And so what that says to me, as I look at the root language of it, is that, that we've never been unworthy, that we just thought we were. And we thought we were largely because we're measuring ourselves based in morality. Uh, the other thing is that uh, it has been used as a diagnosis. Moral, morals have been used to, be, to diagnose people as we said about homosexuality. And we also said that research has, is showing us that people don't always respond to their morals the same way, given certain smells, certain lighting, um, whether or not our eyes are closed. That makes a difference in how we're going to respond to morals. And that's a very interesting uh, bit of research there. Um, the other thing that I think we want to talk about, well, I said we were going to talk a little bit more about how we measure our worth. I've written a whole book about this. It's called Letting Go of Good, and the, the subtitle is Dispel the Myth of Goodness to Find Your Genuine Self. Uh, spirituality is all based in, in finding that deep, inner, authentic self. And, it is, and that self is considered to be divine, or, or something that can relate very closely and intimately with the divine. And um, so we find our worth in that self, and we also uh, find our worth in living as that self. And instead of, instead of measuring our worth, we just are worthy. And so we're not asking ourselves if we're worthy. We're just being. We're just being, and that's what spirituality is. But when it comes to measuring our worth, it, it, it comes down to I've got to perform in certain ways. I've got to honor certain duties. I've got to be obligated. I have to sacrifice. Uh, one of the chapters in, again, the Christian Bible, and again, I'm using just the Christian Bible today because that's, that is the tool that has been used to sort of as a weapon 
recently, most recently, in uh, what I would call the mistaken Christianity, to um, to uh, tell us about uh, our 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 deepest selves. So what we want to do is we want to find, we want to understand ourselves as worthy people. Just understand that because we are, because we exist and, um, our worth does not need to be measured by obligations and duties. So in the Christian Bible, in, uh, the, uh, first Corinthians chapter 13, there's a chapter on love. And one of the things, and I think it's verse three that says, if I give my body to be burned, uh, sacrifice everything and give my body to be burned, but it doesn't come from love. It means nothing. It means nothing. So basically what that's saying is if I live from obligation and duty and have to, and should, then it means nothing. But if it comes from love, then it's everything. It's everything if it comes from love. And that right there is the shiniest distinction between spirituality and morality that there is. That from spirituality, it comes from love. But from morality, it comes from should and ought to and have to and obligation. So uh, when we look at worth, when we look at our worth, if I'm just worthy because I exist, then I don't have to go scrambling around to try to prove my worth to myself or other people. I can just be and I can and live from that beingness. And that would be spirituality. And we'll talk some more about that in a little while. The other thing about moral, morality is that we get it confused with society standards. Uh, if we're raised with a certain societal standard about living, we tend to think that that societal standard is immoral. It's a code to be sure, but it's not necessarily immoral. So um, one of the things we're taught, for example, is that we should be kind to all people at all times. And yet we see things like, we hear things like the story of Ted Bundy who used misused people's kindness and their empathy to kill them. So, it would have been smarter to be uh, to use our boundaries at that point, and yet we think, okay, well, society tells us to be kind and 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 always be loving to other people, so that's immoral. So I should always do that, and yet we're seeing much out there right now with regard to mental health that has to do with boundaries, creating boundaries to keep toxic people away from us. To, to not let our, our, our good vibrations or our, our, our wholeness be disturbed by somebody else's toxicity. Uh, to not be enslaved or, or dictated to by somebody who is uh, wanting to control us. Uh, to not be abused by other people. To not allow those things to happen. So... Boundaries are a much healthier objective than just always being loving and kind to other people. And uh, we saw that Jesus, one of the things Jesus did was he called the Pharisees, who were supposed to be the most righteous of all people at the time, he called them um, wolves in sheep's clothing. He called them vipers. Um, and he, you know, he, he, he named them as he saw them. 
And that was not a judgment. That was a, a, a metaphor for what he actually saw them doing. And um, so that, that was not the same as being loving and kind all the time to other people. It was very clearly he was drawing a distinction between this kind of behavior and this other kind of behavior. And he was doing that to show us that this is what we can do. We can do what he did as well. Um, the other thing about morality is that it can be very, very rigid. Uh, we can get into very uh, strong, rigid uh, morality. And one of the things that Carl Jung said, and this is not going to be a direct quote, but he basically said that it is the most highly moral people that are the most irritating to their families and their friends because they are they are so highly moral that they they can hardly be lived with. Um, we've seen people abuse other people physically, mentally, and emotionally because in the name of morality. Uh, we have seen people uh, uh, really run their own lives into a ditch because they're trying so hard to be highly moral people. We've seen people um, misuse money, time, energy of other people based in their morals, their highly moral objectives. And uh, so it can be very, morality can be very, very confusing and, uh, you know, uh, we just saw this case where the, the, the man took his children to, uh, to Mexico and killed them because he was trying, he was supposedly trying to do what the QAnon was telling him to do, following the code for the follow the, the supposed moral code of QAnon, and that kind of behavior can only come from rigidity and, and a, a kind of almost psychotic rigidity to this code. Um, so when we when we talk about morals, we're talking about uh, something that has a lot of problems attached to it. Not only do we repress and then wrap our wrap it, uh, kind of undo the codes based on our survival needs, and not only are we basing our worth on it, uh, not only are we uh, creating it as a diagnosis, but we are also learning that it is we can get our society values mixed up with it. We can uh, get too rigid with it. We can, you know, it can, it can be dangerous. Morality can be dangerous. Spirituality, on the other hand, is not dangerous. Uh, it's all about wholeness. It's all about beingness. It's all about oneness. It's all about love. And uh, so what do I mean when I say beingness? So spirituality has to do with the very essence of the core of my being. It is, uh, it is my soul. It is me living out of my soul. It is me living out of my authentic self, which I use those terms interchangeably. The soul and the authentic self are the same thing. So I'm living out of my soul, not out of my shoulds and my ought tos and my have tos. And I'm looking for guidance within me not necessarily, I'm not to say that I don't ever listen to anybody else, but to say that I factor what other people say into my own understanding of life, and I can look for an internal authority instead of an external authority, 
One of the things that morality does is it insists that we listen to an external authority. The external authority is a bunch of rules that we're supposed to follow. And if we follow those rules, then we're good people. And if we don't follow those rules, we're not good people. That's morality. Spirituality says that, um, that my beingness is what I connect to the divine. My beingness is one with the divine. And I am able to relate to the divine and from the divine based in my very essence, the very essence of who I am. In the research that's been conducted on mystical experiences so far, it shows that regardless of religion, let me say that again, regardless of religion, whether you're Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jain, uh, you know, whatever you are, if you are in a, in having a mystical experience, it, all, it comes out the same way, the same experiences are had. You feel a unitive, what they call a unitive experience, which means you are one with everything and everyone. And you feel a sense of deep peace or joy. You feel uh, very deeply in love with life and, and, and that kind of love sort of radiates throughout your being. Those are the things that people ex- describe as mystical experiences. And that's across the board, whether you're Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever you are, um, they have those same exact kinds of experiences. That describes spirituality, not morality, but spirituality. And so it's all about just connecting to your deepest soul and allowing your deepest soul to connect to 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 the, your higher power and to other people and other things and nature and all of that. So it's it's recognizing the truth of our oneness. It's not establishing oneness because oneness already exists. It's recognizing the truth of our oneness so that we can feel it, we can experience it, we can know it. And um, so that being, this is all about also all about a kind of knowingness. We just kind of know things because they, they resonate as truth within the being. And so that is also spirituality. So that, so that you can know truth from within yourself. When it's not truth, you, that rings as not truth. When it is truth, that rings as truth. All right, well, we're going to take another break right now, and we'll come back and talk some more about what spirituality is and how it's different from morality. Stay tuned for more right after this. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in each week for Advancing All Women, hosted by Sarah Alter, the President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. Hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color to developing and engaging male allies to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19, Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Listen every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. 
Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about morality versus spirituality. And what we've said thus far is that morality is problematic, and I'm not going to go back over all the reasons why it is, but uh, because it causes us to measure our worth, because it, we have to repress sometimes to do it, because we change the rules to meet our survival needs, because uh, research has indicated that it's not really, uh, we don't really operate out of morals when there's things smell differently or when they, there's lighting that's different or when well, our eyes are closed or open. There's, there's various uh, scientific research out there that shows that we're not, we can change our morals based on whether or not the external circumstances seem comforting. Um, so morality is problematic, but also, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we should just go out there and willy-nilly do whatever we want and start murdering people and hurting people and harming people. But I am saying that, like I said before, two people can do the exact same things but it comes from a different source. So the moral person would be doing it because there's an external law that says he should do it. The spiritual person is doing it because love and beingness urges him to do it. And so uh, it just comes from a different place. And so one of the things Jesus said was clean the inside of the cup and the outside will be just fine, basically, is what he was saying. And uh, that's what spirituality is. It's all about looking on the inner world. You know, Jesus even talked about the kingdom of heaven being inside of us. And uh, if that's true and we live in the kingdom of heaven, we're living from an internal to an external life instead of from an external to an internal life. And that's the biggest difference between morality and spirituality is that morality tells us to live according to external rules. Spirituality tells us to live according to internal urges of compassion and love, and those things push us to respond to life in certain ways. And uh, so that beingness, as I said in the last segment, is very, very important because it is the core essence of who you are, and it is what you'll operate out of as a spiritual person. You won't operate necessarily out of external rules, although your actions may be very similar to somebody who also does operate out of external rules. It's just that you're not operating from the same source. And some would say that you're operating from divine source when you operate from that internal sense of beingness. 
Um, wholeness is also a very big and important part of spirituality because, well, as I said before, repression makes us compartmentalize. It, it halves us. It, it splits us down the middle. It tells us to be one thing over here and another thing over here. And that's why you see sometimes the highly moral people who are operating on the external world that can go out there in the external world and be very kind and loving and, and supportive and uh, all about equality and all of that. And then they come home and they're abusive tyrants at home. So that split off is all about repression. I can repress that, that tyrant while I'm out in the external world but I can't repress it at home. And um, so we see that very often as well with regard to morality. But wholeness says I am who I am at all times because that's who I am. And uh, it, it does not compartmentalize, does not push things away into the unconscious. Um, now, I'm not saying that people that are spiritual don't have an unconscious. I think we do. Um, I think that split was created many centuries ago in the very beginning of the creation of humanity when we began to start trying to live out of good and evil instead of trying to live out of our beingness. So we started repressing and making things unconscious back then. And now we have a whole compartment of unconsciousness. Uh, but the, the whole person is willing to get in touch with that unconscious material and to divulge it to him or herself. To, to open up to, okay, well, this is what's been unconscious in me, but now I've rendered it conscious, and now I can see it, and I can do something with it. Um, so wholeness means that we're going to push toward further and further integrity, and by integrity, I don't necessarily mean honesty, although honesty is a part of it. I do mean wholeness, that we're going we're gonna to push toward more and more roundness, more and more awareness, more and more consciousness, more and more fulfillment, more and more aware, awareness of not only ourselves but other people, uh, more and more enlightenment. We're going to be pushing toward that as our, we go through our lives and we evolve. Um, so the other thing about uh, spirituality is that it recognizes oneness. As I said a little while ago, what the research has shown us with regard to mystical experiences is that the people from all religions of any type have the same exact kind of experience. And one of the telltale signs of a mystical experience is a sense of oneness, a sense that we are one with all people, all things, all of nature, of the divine. We're not separated from anything or anyone. And, of course, this has been scientifically uh, looked at as well. There's various scientific theories out there about oneness, about a, a field of oneness. Of, I, I would call it that, but uh, Einstein said it was different. He called it something else. But it has to do with that sense that we're all operating in some kind of connectivity and that the, that connectivity has an impact. And so when we, when we operate from that, if I, if I look at you and come to you in oneness, then I'm going to treat you as I would treat myself. But if I look at you as the least of these, as Jesus would have said, 
um, as those derogatory terms we used a little while ago, the loser or the, the, you know, the person who's just less than in some kind of way, um, we, I, would, I would treat you differently. I would treat you with less respect. So I was just watching something last night about the Green River Killer and how for years and years and years the police department overlooked the, uh, the information they had about the deaths of the, the murders that he was committing because he was killing only prostitutes. So what that says is they're just prostitutes. Who cares if they die? And, and that attitude was prevalent, very prevalent, in police departments back then and maybe some still today. Um, we still see that with racism, that if you're black or a person of color, that you just have less value. And so it really doesn't matter if you die or if you're using drugs or if you're having problems. That's how we look at the least of these but Jesus said, if you do it unto the least of these, you do it to me. Now, what did he mean by that? What that means is that Jesus is one with the least of these. Because when you do it to them, you're doing it to him. So what that means is we are all one with the least of these. There, in fact, there are no least of these. There are no best of these. There are no least of these. They're just all people. And we're all you know, little energies, and what we do with that energy is going to be important with regard to whether we operate out of spirituality or we operate out of just morality. Just morality is just the lesser of those two things. It it gives us a bunch of rules that we need to to live in a society together. We certainly, I do agree that we don't need to be killing each other. Uh, I do agree that we should uh, respect each other. But on the other hand, if I, if I agree to that, I agree to it from my sense of oneness, not from my sense that I'm unworthy if I don't agree to it uh, or, or that I have to follow some code, some bunch of rules to, to follow it. So the, one of the basic differences between, between spirituality and morality is that spirituality comes from within us and morality doesn't have to come from within us. It comes from the external rules. So we got the external and the internal. And the internal is so much more to work with. And in fact, one of the things that Jesus did again and again and again and again is refer us back to the internal. You refer us back over and over and over and over and over again. Sermon on the Mount very often refers us back to the internal world. Uh, many of his, uh, his parables refer us back to the internal world. Many of his descriptions of the kingdom of heaven, which he said was within us, refer us back to the internal world. He's trying to get us to be more spiritual, not more legalistic, not more moral, but more spiritual. And there's even some theories that after he healed someone and he said, go and sin no more, that what he really meant was go and, and be, be whole. Be, be true to who you are. Be more uh, uh, aware of who you are. Be awake, in other words. Wake up. And so spirituality is all about that waking up. And one of the things we wake up to most is love. Love that is connection. Love that is respect. Love that tells the truth. 
love that rejoices in truth, love that that doesn't tolerate the intolerable and accept the unacceptable because that's not loving. How how is it loving to say to an abusive partner, "It's okay for you to keep abusing me"? That's not that's not loving. That all that is 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 a codependence of some sort. It when I say to you that I'm drawing the line here, you cannot hurt me anymore. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do whatever it is I need to do to take care of myself. Uh, that's me saying the truth to you. And love, according to First Chapter, First Corinthians thirteen, rejoices in truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying to myself and to you in order to stay in this relationship. So love is all about truth, and truth is all about love, so that we, we, can, we operate from uh, a, a new place inside of us that, that uh, has expanded uh, because of love. And so instead of being cruel to other people, we are kind as much as, as possible, and we are, uh, but we also are willing to tell the truth to ourselves and other people. And that means we might need to put up boundaries when toxicity is, is prevalent. So, uh, so love means that I can give, but love also means that I can receive. One of the things that I say about that first, first Corinthians chapter 13 is that it is really telling us how we are loved. Not so much about how we should love, because the minute you put the word should in front of the word love, it ceases to be love and becomes obligation. And now we're talking about morality. So we can't shoot ourselves into loving people, but we certainly can be aware of the love that is within us and grow it and nurture it and, you know, bring it into awareness more and more and more so that we act on it more and more and more. And what that will do, like it did with Jesus, it will have us sometimes disobeying the law in order to love. Like when Jesus was told that he shouldn't be healing people on the Sabbath because that was against the law. And he said, well, I'm going to heal on the Sabbath anyway because this is what love does. He didn't say those words. That's my interpretation. But basically, that's what he meant. This is what love does. Love heals, period, end of subject. So... Uh, so spirituality is all about beingness, it's all about wholeness, it's all about oneness, and it's all about love. And morality is all about following some external rules to prove that you're worthy, worthy, and ending up repressing in order to make that happen, and ending up bending the rules to so that you can survive, and ending up... Um, maybe even diagnosing people based on your ideas about morality and judging other people and judging yourself um, so that you you find yourself worthy or unworthy based on whether or not you're following these external rules. So spirituality is the is the better of these two. So I would say instead of being a good person, be a real person. Be the truest person that you have inside you. Be that person. Resonate with that person. That's all we have for today. And we'll be back again next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.